Sunday morning work, and we want to say thank you. Amen. I guess it's time for the word, huh? We are embarking on the second sermon of a new series, The Three Pillars of the Believers. Uh, it is three essential spiritual elements to have a fulfilled life. Amen. I know I'm coming from a verse that doesn't seem like that it deals with that, but if you melt it down, and that's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's dealing with motive. What is your motive behind what you do? <laughs> because you can do the right thing with the wrong motive, and it doesn't mean anything. Hallelujah. 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 Matter of fact, I don't want to start there. I, where I want to start and where I want to start working at. Let's start at verse 4. Let's start reading at verse 4. And I'll, I'll go back and I'll catch up. There you go. It says, dealing with the main motive behind everything we should do is love. It says love endures long. Love is patient and kind. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughty, haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride, is not rude, unmatterly, does not act unbecomingly, Love, God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of evil done <laughs> to it. It pays no attention to a, a, a suffered wrong. We got work to do. <laughs> It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Hallelujah. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Somebody need to say, ouch. It hopes. <laughs> it hopes are faithless under all circumstance. It endures everything without weakening. Hallelujah. Love never fails, never fades out or become obsolete or come to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting and the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and passed away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and ceased. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will, it will lose its value and be uh, superseded by truth. Hallelujah. As for our knowledge, it's fragmented. It's incomplete. It's imperfect. Our prophecy, our teaching is fragmented, incomplete, imperfect. But when the complete, when God wraps this thing up, the perfect, the total comes, the incomplete, the imperfect will vanish away. 
become adequated, void, su superseded. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reckoned like a child. Now that I have become a man, I'm done away with childish ways and put them aside. He says, for now we are looking in a mirror or a, 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 a glass that's not clear, that gives only a dim blur of the reflection of the reality as in a riddle or enigma. But when, 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 when perfection comes, when God takes us and brings us into glory, when the whole thing is complete, we shall see in reality face to face. Now I know in part, imperfectly, but then I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same matter as I have been fully known, clearly known, understood by God. And so faith, hope, and love abide. Faith, conviction, and belief, respecting man, man's relationship to God and divine things. Hope, joyful, confident, expectation of eternal salvation. Love, true affection from God and man growing out of God's love for and in us. These three these three shall remain, but the greatest of these is love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, even now, Father, even now, pour out, pour out, pour out. Lord, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We are in a time, we are in an era that if you place your things, your faith, your hope, your expectation in the wrong things, you're going to be carried away by all the trouble. Unless you have placed your faith and that which can stand, no matter what comes, you are in trouble. Can, can, can I get real with you? I'm not so sure 2021 going to be any better than 2020. What are we going to do if things don't get better? <laughs> What, what happens if this virus mutates to the place where the vaccine doesn't work on it? I'm just saying. Well, wonder if the, the uproar, the upheaval, the racism don't die down but gets worse. What, what, what happens if some other something happens? Are you going to lose your mind? Are you going to have a heart attack? See, see, depending on what you have placed your faith, your hope on, determines how you behave. <laughs> Listen, our human behavior is determined by what we believe. What you're depending on. 
Paul is dealing with the church and what he's saying to the church of Corinth is you are using spiritual things to find value and worth in yourself. Can, 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 can I melt it down? He said, you are using your gifts in the wrong way. He said, you ain't for real. We can be in the church, doing church, and our motive is wrong. Motive has everything to do with everything. <laughs> because what God looks at is the motive of our heart. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that we use this verse at weddings and everything else. I'm not saying that that's, 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 that's wrong, but what I'm saying is when you look at the whole chapter, what he's saying is that the way you know if your motive is right is that love is the binding factor of it. So check your attitude with what I'm saying. We are living in an age that we are equating gifting with Christian maturity. But the truth of the matter is you can be as gifted as all get out and still be a baby Christian. You can be as busy, the busiest person in the world, doing what seems to be the, the right thing, but you're doing it because you're trying to be seen, and God says, I don't see it. I'm so glad God don't see things the way we see things. God looks at the motive of our hearts. Because listen, when your motive right, then the work will be right. When our hearts is right, then you're going to be a blessing and not a curse. God always deal with the heart of the matter. Because the heart of the matter is the motive of our hearts. He says, he says, he says, Paul says, he says, there's really three things that are essential that you must guard, that you must double check, that you must hold on to. He said, first is, he said, you must have faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Listen, so that means that, that I can preach the word of God and I believe it myself. And God will even bless folks through my preaching, but I won't get blessed. We are always, always judging people that are struggling on the outside, and we think we're better than them. Pharisees, they walked according to the law on the outside. But their hearts was all jacked up. <laughs> you know what? God just wants us to be for real. 
He just wants us to come as we are. You know, because listen, we can't fix us. We can't, we can't make us. We can't clean us. We, 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 we can't produce nothing of ourselves. And when we are honest with ourselves, it quit us from judging other folks. Because I'm just as bad as you are without the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Religion will make us take our eyes off of Christ. He is the center point of everything. I was talking to Listen, a minister. Y'all do minister grew up in the church and all that. And that's what he said to me. He said, he said, well, uh, Christ is is is, a, is he's the same as Buddha. He he's the same as, uh, as as Confucius. He's the same. As, I said, you don't see him. He said, I see him. I said, no, you don't see him. And then he went to argue. I just said, you don't see him. Listen, listen, listen. You can't make somebody see him who don't see him. It's a divine revelation that God opens up your eyes. And when your eyes are open, you don't equate him with nobody else. <laughs> when you see him, you recognize it's all about him. When you see him, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me take you a step deeper. There are levels of seeing him. He's always trying to move us to the next level of seeing Christ. Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. Here you have the history of Adam, that Adam has fallen and he's having children. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam in the day that God created him. Now watch this, because this is key. He made him in the likeness of God. The Godhead gets together. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. He created male and female. He blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were God created us for himself. The whole essence of, of, of mankind was about God. God was his source. God would download into him what he wanted to share with him because God made man to delight in him so that God could delight in him. Y'all don't get me. It was, God was so good, he said, I want to make someone I can share myself with. God didn't need man. Man was made to need him. Everything about mankind was based on the relationship with God, not independent of God, but totally. 
wrapped up in him. He said, I made them like me, not only in characteristic, but in character and spirit, so that I am always a flowing source in them so that they would never want for anything because I would be what they need. When you talk about image, you talk about relationship, identity. I was, I was watching the news and they had this young lady. I, I, I guess she was a lady. And she would say she's not a lady because this is what she said. She said, I don't relate to male or female. I'm an it. Don't laugh. Because that is the ultimate loss of identity, of image. Satan is erasing off of every human being the fact that you have been made in his image. And when you don't know that your identity, that your image is coming from God, and if you're not receiving that, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me make it more relevant. You know why they stormed the Capitol? Because they don't know who they are. You know why there's such an uproar while we affiliate with something that can't do nothing for you? We are equating, we are trying to get anything to make us feel like we are something, we are of value, we are of worth. We're trying to find identity with things that can't fill us. I, I just got a word, loss. Loss, groping in darkness, because in the garden, Satan stole from us who we were created to be. It is, it is, it is miserable law. It, it is miserable I, I touched on it a little bit. Last, last week, but, but Abraham Meslow in 1953 came up with this need chart, and he said the human being, every human being has some needs, physical needs. The lower level is, is basic needs, food, water, shelter, clothing, you know, just, just basic needs in order to live. The next one is belonging. You, you, you need to belong to something. You know, you need to feel like you're a part of something. Just friendship, family. So, so where, where, where you feel like you're one with me. Because none of us is an island by ourselves. Listen, listen, listen. You're going to find somebody to fit to. Even if you got to change yourself to fit in. I had a friend who, who worked in California. He worked with, with young youths that's, that's in jail for murder and stuff like that. And this is what they say. They said, I'm down with my gang. And they said, I would die. What's the point is that 
they found a group of other ones that they associate with, and it makes you feel like you're one of them to the place you would die. Because the need of belonging is, oh, don't, don't. Well, if you look at your own life, you made yourself at some point fit in places where you didn't fit in order to belong. Because it's, it's a need. Oh, no, 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 don't, don't laugh at nobody else because, because all of us have been here. Matter of fact, I hate to say this, you could be a Christian and still be here because we haven't put Christ in his proper place in our lives. It, it goes on to, uh, and, 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 and I'm running out of time, so I don't want to deal with all that. It goes with significance. Everybody want to feel like they are of value and worth. And Satan has done a good job of wounding all of us at some point that whatever the wounded, he tagged you. You know, I'm still taking off tags. I'm, I'm still ripping myself what Satan told me. I'm still healing wounds that happened to me because Satan has wounded us. I know you look Jody cute. I know you all dressed up. Y'all look so good on the outside, but I'm not talking about the outside. I'm talking about the inside. Here God is saying, he says, you are looking in all the wrong places. You find that in Matthew chapter 6, 33. He says, seek ye first, but before you go to the first day, he's talking about Basic needs, food, clothing. But if he's talking about that, he's not just dealing with the outside, he's dealing with the inside. He knows we are in need of him. I love the way he deals with the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 30. He says to them, I set before you life, and uh, <laughs> he says, choose. I set before you blessings and curse. And this way he starts off with, if you love me, I, can, 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 can I add to that? If you love me as I have loved you, because I called you by name, Isaiah 43, I picked you out. I made you for myself. Now listen, listen, listen. He's talking to them after he has, has delivered them, after he has proven himself to them. You know, God will always show you light in order for you to see he loves you. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Listen, listen. Somebody said, how I know he loves me. For me, I go to the cross. I see Jesus on the cross. And I recognize all the stuff that I've done in my life. And listen, I didn't find God. God came and snatched me in the midst of my mess, in the midst of my situation. God came and snatched me. See, I don't know if I would have came back. God had to so, I was so stubborn. God had to show up in my mess and tell me, Oh, you want to play evil? Let me show you the devil. And let me show you what you're dealing with since you think you that bad. 
And then he said, choose. My, my question is you, is that it's a choice. That's what he said. He said, I set before you. He said, he said, he said, he said, and you can either, he says, and the Lord God restore your fortune and compassion. This word compassion in the Hebrew means, I have you in my womb. I'm attached to you. And you're attached. I'm pregnant with you. Matter of fact, the source of baby in the mother is being fed by the umbilical cord. And its entire existence is based on the fact that it's connected to the mother. Matter of fact, when a baby birth, they cut the connection. Because now the baby doesn't need it anymore. You know what God is saying here? He said, I haven't cut the connection. Have you? <laughs> have you cut? Have you cut have, have, and that's what Adam and Eve did when they fell. Now, now Jesus comes and he said, you must be born again. Let me rephrase that. You must be connected again. I'm spiritual. You're dead spiritual. You must be reconnected so I become not your resource, but your source. My question is this. If he made us, can't he feel us? If he made us, isn't there, isn't there, doesn't he know? Doesn't he get it? Can't he meet you at the very depth of your need? There's a woman in John chapter 4. And I love this story. It's the woman at the well. What, what amazes me in John Chapter 4 is that Jesus and, and the Jews don't go through Samaria. Them and Samarians are enemies. They don't like each other, though they are, they are, they are part Jewish. They're not fully Jewish. But he says he had need to go through Samaria. He said, I must, something is pulling me. <laughs> Something is calling me. Now, hold on now, hold on now. At this point, they don't understand. But Jesus knows that this woman going to be at the well, and he knows what time she's going to be at the well. So he started walking to get to the well at the time she's at the well. It is not an accident. It's a setup. Hold on, 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 hold on. Now, 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 now he started walking towards the well because her need for him was pulling him. Uh, somebody don't hear me. She's at the point. She's ready. She's sick and tired of being sick and tired. She's broken. She's messed up. She's tore up. 
So even though she don't know it, she's in need of Jesus. But she don't know it, but Jesus know it. So he does what's not required for him to do. And the disciples don't understand what he's about ready to do. So he sends them away. When, when God does something, he will, he will deal with you in private. You don't need a crowd to be around. He'll step into your situation. He'll wait till you're all by yourself. He'll wait until the chatter doesn't stop. He'll wait until the other voices don't shut up. And he'll meet you at the point of your loneliness, of your pain, of your suffering. And he said, do you see me now? Do you see me now? He starts with a basic. He says, we all need water. Don't you give me some water? She said, you speak to me? How come you speak to me? So you know, he, he starts off where we are because she's at the well to get water. But she needed more than water. Notice she don't know what she needs. And when he started talking to her, she's doing everything to fend off what he's saying to not get real. See, he, okay, give me this water. He said, you thirsty. Well, give me this water so I don't have to come to the well. He said, oh, you're talking about the wrong water. <laughs> he said, the water I give you, it will well up in you as a, a, as a fountain. Well, I said, to fulfill your need. John 10, 10, don't turn that up there. He said, I came to give you life, a moral life, abundantly, overflowing life. And that life is in the Greek is zoe, which is spiritual life. Because you are a spiritual being. And the spirit flows up to meet you at every point. Emotionally. Every point. Your deepest need, it will be, be filled by the spirit in you. He says, he said, so 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 she start, you know, flipping it. Well, the Jews said, you know, that they got the truth. We say we got the truth. He said, go get your husband. She said, I have no husband. He said, you spoke truth. You done have five. And the one you got now, not your husband. Wait a minute. Don't talk about her. She was trying to get her need met by a man. In those days, you marry a man. She was trying to get her deepest need, so she chased a man. I don't know what happened in the five relationship, but the fact that she was living for man means she gave up on marrying a man because her need wasn't being met. Mark, let's remove her. Let's remove her story. Let's put your story. Let's put my story. Where, what have you chased? What have I chased? that I thought it was going to fulfill my deepest need. 
What is it? Your story. Let's remove and let's replace. And what we find is that Jesus is talking to us. He, he, he said, I'm it. I'm the source. I'm the well on the inside of you. I will well up inside of you. If you just come to me, I will meet you at your deepest need. I'm your source. I'm your all in all. Listen, he made us for himself. He created us for himself. He, when we was in our mother's womb, he knitted us together. He, 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 you are no accident. He made you just the way you are so you can meet him, so that he can bring out of you everything he put in you. He's just that good. Hmm. Satan has done a good job of making us search every place else. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I come. Here he is. Here he is at John chapter 7, and we still talk about water because water is the sign of life, of spiritual life, of, of the Holy Spirit. And here they are pouring out water. It's the feast of the Jewish people, and Jesus can't stand it no more. He said, you're looking for blessings. You, you're looking for life. You, you're looking for in your ritual. And he cries out, and he said, if anyone comes on to me, he shouts out, he cries out, out of the anguish, here he is, standing in their midst, and they won't receive him. Don't think that just because you go to church that you're looking for him. He's speaking in Revelation chapter 3, and he, he's talking to the church of Anasia. Say, folks, call them saints. He said, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. I'm standing at your heart. I'm standing at the, at the, at the core of who you are. If you, if you let me in, I will come and sup with you. Let me explain what he's saying there. He's saying, I will come and set the table. Whenever Jesus is, is, is at dinner, he is the one breaking the bread. <laughs> he comes to take over. I think sometimes we hear him knocking and we refuse him. I think that sometimes he, he's, he's at the center core of our life saying, I see you searching, and I love you, and I have come to feel you, but you won't trust me to let me in. Well, what I'm discovering is if we're not careful, we got rooms, we got padlocks. We're telling God to stay out. And God said, as long as I stay out, I can't feel you. But if you let me in, 
I will be like a fountain on the inside, a river on the inside that will flow up, gush up into all of your life. He made you to be in fellowship with him. I'm asking a question and I'm like, what are you chasing? What are you allowing to be the center point of your life? What is at the center of your desire? Because he made you that it would be him and only him. He said, let me in and you will find what you need. Let me in. I will show myself to be what you need. If you don't know him or if you have lost sight, maybe we need to come back. Maybe we need to ask him, Lord, forgive me for looking at everything else because I'm looking at you today and I am opening up the door of my heart. Lord, fill me with your spirit that no matter what life throws at me, I'm satisfied on the inside. Hallelujah. There's a number that's going to come up. You can call this number, and this number, someone will pray with you. Someone will talk with you. It's the 451-31 number. Amen. If you call that, somebody will answer. They will call you back, and they will lead you in the prayer. And I'm about ready to pray right now. And you can, you can say this prayer with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I open my heart to you. I believe that Jesus died for me and he rose for me. But more than that, he's what I need. He's the source of what life comes from. You made me for yourself. So today, I open up. Help me to open up so that you can flood my life. Father, even now, touch everyone under the sound of my voice. Give them an illumination of who you are, a revelation of who you are. That, that Lord, that, that you're able <laughs> and you're willing to meet them where they are. Lord, even now, thank you. Even now, I praise you. Even now, I, I, I worship you because you are God all by yourself. Lord, even now, we love you, we thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for worshiping with us. We will be back next week at the same time. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for your support. And we will continue to lift him up because he is able. Praise team.